Mm-hmm. The only real place is the present, right? And so here's a great example. My tennis players would have that. And I, they would, when they leave the present, I would say, you hemorrhage. What I got, you just start bleeding out. A player will make a mistake and their mind stays on that mistake. And then the next point they have, it, it's like energy, right? So maybe 10% of your energy stays there, but you only have 90% for the, the thing that the ball is coming. And then that gets by mm-hmm. you. And then you're thinking about that one and the other one. And yes. I always say focus is like physical, like physics, right? So when a woman steps on your foot with a high heel, it hurts. Why? Because all the focus is in one point. If she's barefoot, it, it doesn't hurt as much because you disperse the energy. So power comes from really sharp focus. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Dharani. Today we have with us Adolfo Gomez Sanchez. He drives leading corporations and professional athletes to optimal performance by decoding and optimizing each element of the performance formula. Welcome to our show, my friend. Thank you, Zaid, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So are you referring to a formula that you created or is this like an industry formula? No, this is something we've developed over about 30 years of a combination of there's academic research on what drives performance. And then there's 30 years Mm. in the trenches, both with professional athletes and with leading corporations, which are going through transformation moments. And, And these are the things we've distilled. And there's a series of variables, variables, excuse me, three big blocks and series of variables we found are the key elements that if you focus on, you drive performance. And what are those three elements? So there's three big buckets and in, in, within each one, there's about anywhere from eight to 15 variables. But the first one is mindset. So whether yeah. you're working with an athlete or you're working with a corporation, mm-hmm. there's a series of required fundamentals. And the reason for that is, Everything is built on those. And, and people tend to st- skip these steps, but then that really catches up with you later. For example, um, do you have a clear mission or identity? And I'll put the example of a, an athlete. I was working with an ATP tennis pro, and he didn't have a clear identity of who he was. But everything you do, how you play, how you prepare, how you train, how you develop your strengths, how you cover your weaknesses, has to do with who you are. So he would go out and he'd try and play like Roger Federer, which was, you know, bam, 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 but he wasn't Roger Federer. So we developed, when we found his identity, we migrated his game, his training, his mental structure to being a solid baseline. He was a guy who was in amazing shape, really solid. And this got him from number 50 all the way up to the top 10. So knowing mm-hmm. who you are is essential. And that's true for companies too, because a lot mm-hmm. of times I'll see companies, I think you work a lot with entrepreneurs and they start, being successful, but then things come across the radar and they take the advantage of the opportunity, but it's not with where they were really going. It, it actually distracts them, right? So you have to really know what success looks like and what it doesn't look like, even though it's short term, there's appealing things. And then there's mm-hmm. other things like, for example, getting rid of ego, right? I always, uh, <laughs> when I go to corporations, uh, it's funny because athletes generally, they really want feedback, right? Uh, because it's the only way to get better. But when you go to a corporation, especially C-suite, it's like there's this paradigm that you have to know all the answers and that you've already made it. So my first question when I meet CEOs in big corporations is, what's your five-year plan to be a better CEO? 
forget about the company. What about you? How are you going to improve? And that kind of throws them off. But if you're not doing that, how are you going to lead? All the great performers, be it musicians, be it athletes, so the, the Kobe Bryant, the Michael Jordan, the Tom Brady's, since the moment they became pros and famous to the moment they retired, they progressively got better. And I think that's the, one of the marks of the top performers. Mm-hmm. So stuff like this is this types of discussions we have with people because it, it, people aren't aware of what it takes to actually try and get, get maximum performance out of the organization. And then there's things about expectations, right? And I always say maybe 10% of athletes who go to an event, say the Olympics. So 10% of athletes actually expect to win a medal. The rest would like to, but they don't really expect it, right? And the way you train, the way you show up, the way you focus is very different if you expect or you just would like to win a medal. And it's the same thing when you set goals, right? Corporations will send these massive transformation programs and you'll talk to employees and they'll go, yeah, flavor of the month, it'll be over in six months. So we talk about mindset. So that's the first big block and there's more stuff. But then we go into design. Now, design is about having a long-term plan. So I'm a big fan uh, of Dr. Anders Ericsson. And he was, the, he was the father of the theory of deliberate practice. So he studied top performers in, in music and sports and everywhere. And he found that the main factor that drives top performers is the number of hours of deliberate practice that they do. And, and deliberate practice has a specific definition, but that's where the 10,000 hour rule comes from. It comes from his research. But, and what happened, so the message there is mastery takes time. We live in a world of hacks mm-hmm. and I want to get a fact, but there's no getting over it. You do not sit down to play the violin and become a you know, world-class violinist in three months. <laughs> and you don't become a great, the best NBA player in three months. It just doesn't happen. Yet corporations mm-hmm. are all so short focused, right? That they're looking to get stuff done in three months and it's ridiculous. What you can do but is that's you can also, stepping stone. Yes, go ahead. Sorry. That's also based on ego, right? Because mm-hmm. they, they just want to get so much done quick enough to show and represent what they're capable of doing. Yeah, and, and it's also measurement systems, right? What are you measuring? Mm-hmm. So quarterly results, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And the, so you can, what you can do is do stepping stones, right? So what we try and draw out is a five or 10 year plan and then say, all right, in three months, you'll do this. But it's all part of a coherent plan to build. It's just like an athlete. Um, if you don't have sufficient explosive power or mobility or flexibility, you can't do a series of moves. So we do those first and then we'll build. And then once you've got that, we're going to work on combining and then we're going to work on your mindset. But you've got to start a house by the base, right? And you've got to build solidly. So we do that. We do a 10-year plan and we talk about asking the right questions. And a lot of times people are hostage to their paradigms, right? Greatest example, mm-hmm. Steve Jobs, when he goes into the music industry, right? Nothing about music. That was his superpower because he wasn't caught up in what everybody thought was impossible. What if we just sold one song instead of whole album? That's insane, right? Why don't we distribute it digitally? Why does it have to be physical, right? And being able to ask those questions as opposed to how do I sell more records or how do I get more distribution? It's how do I break it down? How do I let people buy what they really want and then they'll buy more often is the key. So it's, sometimes it's about challenging the questions you're asking yourself. And then I think you have to have a clear hierarchy of foundational skills, technique, and then how do you, the organization works together, right? And you have to set up a, a data system because consistency is one of the biggest things. And generally we're terrible as human beings at being consistent. And the worst part is we fool ourselves. We think we are, right? So we say, oh, yeah, I'm really good. But if you track, people want to lose weight. Why can't I lose weight? Okay, let's track what you're eating. Let's track how often you go to the gym. So I skip this and then I had dessert and then what? And there's nothing wrong with that, but you just have to be realistic, right? Outcomes are very linked to incomes. 
inputs, excuse me. And what we do is we have to be coherent with what we're doing. And you just have to keep tweaking it, right? That's what a great athlete does. This doesn't work. I don't work the fundamental. I'm going to try it this way. I'm going to try it this way. Great corporations do that too. That goes back to mindset. You have to have an environment where people can step out of the jail of competence, right? You want people who are competent, which means they do the same thing 20 years. But then you say, innovate. The first time I innovate or try something new, I'm not going to be good at it, right? But I have, if I have to be successful, how am I going to do that, right? So there's a dichotomy there. And corporations, I think, are really schizophrenic around that. And then mm. the third big block, just to finish answering your question, is what I call a path to mastery. It's, it's how do you implement skills in an organization? So a lot of corporations come in and they'll say, oh, we want to do, for example, psychological safety. It's a big thing now, right? Which, which is wonderful. So they do a one-hour course and then bugger off and go back to work. But that doesn't work. It's if I teach you how to serve like an ATP pro, I can explain it. But unless you practice, you're not going to ingrain that. So in the Become corporation... Exactly. So you have to create an environment where you can embed that practice and people can slowly put it to use and then integrate it in the DNA of the organization. So that, mm -hmm. those are the, kind of the big blocks of our performance. Plan. So the consistency point, how do you believe someone can create cons consistency in, in their lives? <clears throat> My big learning on this is that People tend to think too big and act and, and then act inconsistently, right? Scale it down, right? New Year's resolutions are a great example, right? I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week and I'm going to eat just salad and whatever, which is great, but that's not sustainable, right? And Small steps. Exactly. Small steps, but consistently. Consistency trumps intensity every time. Now, as you get better, mm. you can have intensity and consistency. But really the key mm -hmm. is, and if you listen to stuff like, I love listening to Kobe Bryant, the recordings he left, because he would always say, the day I don't feel like going is the day I go, because that counts double, right? And I've made a contract with myself, and I know I'm getting ahead of the other guys who skip. And So it's about what can I reasonably do? And sometimes that's, I've had clients where just 10 minutes a day of doing one thing over a month or two just gets them into the rhythm and they say, I'm in a much better place. And then they can, your body just asks for more, right? And your soul asks for more. Okay, now I'm going to plan time mm -hmm. for this and not twice a week, but it's being realistic. And, and we tend to, it's like the transformation plans. We tend to take these textbooks and say, oh, okay, I'm going to just apply this. And it's not realistic. I have junior athletes sometimes I work with and, you know, I want to be the best in the world. Do you know what that entails? You have nothing wrong with that. But A, you're not going to get there overnight. And B, it's a lot of sacrifice, a lot of work and whatever. If you've got that clear, let's go. Let's build it. But you need to be, mm -hmm. you know, not naive. I think organizations are actually naive about it. Mm. Mm. And for consistency, do you believe that it comes from a, from a deeper place as well? Uh, you mentioned paradigm, for example. Some people may have that paradigm of being consistent naturally. And others that are not consistent could implement that belief that they are consistent and then take those baby steps and prove to themselves being consistent step by step. Now that when they make a commitment, they don't break it to themselves. Yeah. And what you just said is super important. I always say to people, when you say something and don't do it, your inner mm. self says, hey, he's not serious about this. Right. Yep. And then when you see somebody's not serious, you go out. Ah, if I don't do it, nothing happens. It's like at work, right? When they ask you to do something, you don't mm -hmm. do it, nothing happens. You get laughed. You're not afraid of not doing mm -hmm. it. So, what you mm -hmm. said is really important. I explain to people a lot. I'm big on neuroscience and how the mind works. So, how we 
learn data is actually really interesting. We don't learn it abstract. We really, we learn it by giving it meaning and associating it to things, right? So we create stories around data. When this happened to me, it means X, right? And the, the problem is a lot of that thinking has been done for us when we get to a certain age and we have this image. So part of the job is exactly what you say. It's looking at ourselves, challenging our stories and saying, is this real? No, I'm not. People will say, oh, I'm not consistent. I've never been. When I was a kid, I never was. I was disorganized. And then you believe that. And that becomes a self-fulfilling yeah, paradigm. That right? becomes it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what yep. you need well to do said. is to step away and look at it, understand and challenge your story. Right. And that's one. And the other piece is what we talked about mission or identity. Right. When you have this overarching goal, it makes it much easier to be consistent, right? Because you say, I know I want to do this. And then you can evaluate everything that comes across. Is it important that I do this for my mission? Yes. Is it not important? No, right? Okay, fine. So I won't do mm -hmm. it. Rafa Nadal tells a great story about how he, when he was 12 years old, as a tennis, pro tennis player, even when he was young, he gave up a lot of things that young kids do, going out with his friends, partying. So one summer when he was like 12 or 14, he went out with his friends instead of training how he should have. And he says he didn't advance that summer. And he just realized if I want to be where, I, if I want to go where I want to go, I need to make that sacrifice. And it's not better or worse, but it's just necessary for me because he had that clear mission. And Rafa is what, one of the unique things about him is he doesn't play for the money or the fame. He plays because he loves to play and he wants to see how good he can be. That's all that drives him, which is why he puts in the extra hours and he, he fights everything because it's just about him. I know mean, it sounds incredible, but it's about him. And that's how he got so good. So having identity. And as you say, those beliefs that you have and challenging what you believe and where do they come from and what data do I have? Because you can find data to support anything. Uh, you can find data mm -hmm. support that there's only bad people in the world. And you can find data support that there's great people in the world. You just selectively look at what you want, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. a confirmation bias, they call it, right? You find the data that confirms yeah. what you want to look for. Mm -hmm. In entrepreneurship, in sports, mm -hmm. how do you define attitude and how can someone work on improving their own attitude? Because attitude is huge when it comes to performance. I just wanted to hear from you. So for me, attitude is actually a series of different variables. So one of them is, is being realistic that the, 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 the path is never like this, right? It's not just an exponential rise. It's up and then down and you have setbacks and so you, that attitude is, I'm going to work on the day to try and get better. I'll have bad days and then I'll have good days. And eventually the sum of all of that will take me forward. So that's one step. And then the other one is what I call being a master of meaning, right? What meaning do you give to things? So when something happens, it doesn't really mean anything except what you decide. And the, the greatest ones say, oh, this happened. I lost. Okay. That means I have to work harder. It means I have to develop this and they take it and they go into action. Right. And that, that really drives consistently and attitude. Whereas, oh, we've had a setback and then everybody just drops their arms and whatever. So the great ones will take a step back, maybe even take a breath. Sometimes you just have to say, wow, that really hurt. Okay. Now, what did I learn from it? And what am, what's not going to happen tomorrow? I may make other mistakes, but I'm not going to make that one. So I think that's really an entrepreneur's attitude. And I think Ellen Musk said something that I really like. He said, if something is really important, even if there's a low probability of success, you should do it anyway. And I think that's the other mm -hmm. one. And that goes back to mission. You have to have a burning desire to do something and say, even if I fail, it's just worth it because I really care about this. And, that, and then mm -hmm. attitude just takes care of itself almost. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Cool. I wanted to ask about Michael Phelps. He always mm -hmm. talks about the flow state, mm -hmm. the zone when it comes to performance. Can you explain 
what that means. I know I just want to make, for me, there's a different meaning. So I just want to hear from you uh, and help out the audience as well, because we hear a lot about the flow state and zone state because these athletes and entrepreneurs that are in that state, their performance is something to fill. Right. I'm glad you asked that because that's one of those sort of buzz topics that's really misunderstood. So for me, flow mm-hmm. is about, and, and, and if you read all the literature on flow, basically it's when you're in a point where you're so focused on what you're doing and it's an autotelectic situation, right? So you're enjoying the act of doing it. You're not thinking about the outcome or the result. You're not doing it for a, a target. You're doing it because you just love doing it and everything's clicking. Now, to get there, this is the part people miss. To get into zone, you need to do all the hard work. And Michael Phelps is a great example, right? You need to swim every day. You don't feel like it. You need to push yourself and you need to do the basics because only when you can do the basics can you then free yourself to focus on the performance, right? If you're thinking, let's take a tennis player, if you're still thinking about how do I have to hit the ball so it doesn't go out, it's really hard to take in the variables about the opponent, the weather, the situation, at what point are you in the game? So you really need to work the fundamentals. And again, going back to Cobra Brian, I heard him say recently in a video that he said once about he would go back and work and work the fundamentals because then when he was in a high pressure situation, he didn't have to think about that. That was automatic. Right? He was just thinking about the mm. strategy and how, how he had to apply it. So for me, getting into flow is about working the fundamentals and then you're able to get into that situation. Plus there's obviously mindset and, and mental strength training, which is what I've done with athletes which is also important, Mm. right? Which is you focus not on the outcome, you focus on the process. And Mm. I even tell managers, you coach for performance, not for outcomes, because you can't manage the outcome, right? You just coach for, Mm. if I do this, it will work. Falling in love with the journey. Exactly. Mm. I started in martial arts over 35 years ago, and that's actually the basis of a lot of the stuff I've done because the martial arts is all about that. You will never become perfect you will always have room for improvement and that's what i loved about it it's a it's not mm. a, a rush to get to a pace it's you get to one mountaintop and there's another one and as you get there you see things you didn't see before and i remember mm-hmm. when i got my first black belt i looked back and i said oh, i see the basics now in a way i didn't understand before and so i think every time you take a step up you you see the most basic stuff which is really what the great performers do they just do the basics exceptionally well and consistently which is, and people are really bad at that. And entrepreneurs make those mistakes. They get into all kinds of fancy stuff, get revenue in, make sure you're efficient and scale so you can grow. And that's it. And then you can worry about the rest, but don't get too fancy until you've got the basics. You still practice? Do you still fight? Oh yeah. I'll still try. I'll nice. still train about six days a week. It's my, oh, my nice. therapy. It's my therapy place. It's because one of the great things it has is I learned a long time ago, you have to completely co- focus. It gets you into flow. Or you can really get hurt, yeah. right? Because if you're distracted. Yeah. So it's a time where my body just goes on autopilot, right? Because I've been doing it for so many years. And my mind stops thinking about all the issues I'm trying to solve. And a lot of times, actually, that's my most creative moment. I'll come out of a training session and go, that's it. I solved this problem. Because you let mm. your subconscious mind do stuff. You, you give up control. Yeah. Uh, for focus, as you mentioned, do you practice present moment awareness? Do you bring yourself centered in the moment to get focused? Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of my mantras, and I I teach that to my athletes. Yeah, same here. Really, Mm -hmm. the only real place is the present, right? And I will explain to them. So here's a great example. My tennis players would have that. And they would, when they leave the present, I would say, you hemorrhage. What I got, you just start bleeding out. A player will make a mistake. 
and your mind stays on that mistake. And then the next point they have, it, it's like energy, right? So maybe 10% of your energy stays there, but you only have 90% for the, the thing that the ball is coming. And then that gets by mm -hmm. you. And then you're thinking about that one and the other one. And yes. I always say focus is like physical, like physics, right? So when a woman steps on your foot with a high heel, it hurts. Why? Because all the focus is in one point. If she's on a flat foot, right, or barefoot, it, it doesn't hurt as much because you disperse the energy. So power comes from really sharp focus, which is how martial art masters break mm. boards and stuff. And it's yeah. what entrepreneurs do. And it's what top performers do. They focus on certain things and they just focus on that. And that's where they get so powerful. And that yeah. requires you staying present and, and yes. not thinking about last time this happened or, oh, now I've done <laughs> this and what will happen in the future. Because really, and yeah. uh, I think Edgar Toll in Power of Now says it, you don't really know the future. You, you can think of a whole bunch of potential futures, but only Mystery. one of them will occur. Yeah. So why are you mm, stressing over yeah. something that may potentially not occur? Right? It's just yeah. dispersing energy. It's a dispersing energy. It's a habit and takes time to break that habit. But present moment is a wonderful place. And especially if you're in entrepreneurship or in sports, it just amplifies your quality and your productivity and your efficiency. It's incredible. And I appreciate you sharing that, Adolfo. Can you share with us what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life? Yeah, it's funny. We were talking in my company the other day. We're about 25 people now. And I said, okay, values, guys, we're on an offsite. And I said, you got to know the values because if you don't know them, you can't live them. And, no, and a few people couldn't name them. And of course, I named them off. And I said, I'm cheating because those values are a reflection of me, right? The company is being built around me. But I think one, two of the biggest things are passion, right? I've always been identified as passion. So I believe plants eat, drink, and grow, and that's it. But people have to live. And that, that's the whole spectrum of emotion. But you have to be passionate about something. And you have to be intense, which is focus, right? You have to say, I'm going to do something it's worth doing. My wife always says that, she says, oh, yeah, I think you're Asperger, right? No, why? Because I've read this and they're really obsessive with the things they care about. And they don't care about anything else. Yeah. So I don't know if that's yes. enough right or not, but that is an explanation to me. But that to me is how I get good in what I really care about. I'm obsessive about it. Yeah. Not in a bad sense. Awesome. It's just, I just love it. And I want to find everything. Yeah. So I think those are my two superpowers. Like people who make breakthroughs aren't really smarter than anybody else. They just focus more on something than anybody else. Yeah. yeah. They, they focus and they find solutions. It was great talking to you today, my friend. I love this topic. I love what you're doing. It's impacting so much more than that individual. I always want more and more people out there to, to be serving in this manner. I'm really grateful that you came on our show. And I yeah. definitely would like you to keep in touch. I'll definitely be checking out your social media as well and engage when I can. And if there's anything else that you're launching or book, whatever in the future, let us know. We'll bring you back. Will do. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's a great show. And I'm just honored to be here. My thank pleasure. You. Audience, thank you for joining us. You can check Adolfo's information. Definitely take a look at his LinkedIn. Very impressive. And he's doing great things. If you are looking to improve your performance, he's the man. So thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time.